Welcome back to another episode of the We Love Moms Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Colin Curtis, your host. Today I'm joined by two friends that I'm very thankful for on this Thanksgiving week, and that would be Tim Reagan and Dana Zach. What's up, guys? Hey. What's going on, guys? So we are uh, going to go over a quick recap of last week's games for you. We're actually doing this on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so obviously... The three F's of Thanksgiving for me are family, food, and football, of course. So we're going to preview those three games that are on Thursday night, along with all the other games for this week uh, at the end of the show. Um, But we're going to recap last week's games here very quickly. So I'll actually start with the Thursday night game. Um, It was the Titans at the Packers. Uh, Last week, you know, we thought the Packers maybe were on a roll after their victory against the Cowboys. Um, but honestly, the Titans were all over this one. They won 27 to 17. Ryan Tannehill looked like a decent quarterback, someone that I think is definitely uh, serviceable if you are in need of a quarterback on a bye week or something like that. Uh, could even be a top 12 quarterback moving forward. Uh, 22 of 27, 333 yards, two touchdowns. A lot of that production went to Traylon Burks, the rookie who finally uh, is starting to break out a little bit here. He was supposed to be the A.J. Brown replacement. He had seven receptions, 111 yards. Um, Looks like someone that maybe is going to have uh, a a breakout here at the end of the season in the the fantasy playoffs. And, of course, Derrick Henry, 28 carries, 87 yards, a touchdown. You can always depend on Derrick Henry. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, was this the game where he also uh, threw for a touchdown? Austin Hooper? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, they handed it off to him at like the two-yard line, and instead of running in, he did a little jump pass over the, over the line. Austin Hooper was pretty sweet. So, um, Tennessee Titans look like a legitimate contender, and the Packers, again, are struggling. But, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts there. The, the next game would be the Browns and the Bills. I'm going to have Tim talk about our, our hometown Browns. This was an interesting game. Tim, tell us – how did the Browns fare in this one? Ooh. Well, as a Browns fan, it was pretty ugly. But from a fantasy standpoint, um, Amari Cooper did amazing. Two touchdowns, 113 yards on eight receptions. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, five receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown. It looks like he's going to be a solid flex option going forward, especially with Deshaun Watson coming back in two weeks. Outside of that, for Browns, Nick Chubb was kind of disappointing. He had three receptions for 48 yards, but only 19 yards on the ground. Uh, Pretty disappointing for him. And uh, another week with Kareem Hunt doing almost nothing. On the Bills' side, we got Devin Singletary leading the show here. He had 86 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Another two receptions for 11 yards. Pretty good for uh, probably like an RB2 kind of like flex tier kind of seems like with the Josh Allen elbow injury, he's been more and more important going into these games. So he's somebody to look after and in keeper slash dynasty leagues, James Cook, 86 yards on only 11 carries. That's a name to remember. And of course, uh, Stefan Diggs did Stefan Diggs things, even though he only had four receptions, Dawson Knox had a pretty decent game, but, uh, Normally, he's touchdown dependent, so I'm not too sure if that's going to be something that's going to be able to hold up. Gabe Davis had more receptions probably this game than he has all year. High reception, 68 yards. No touchdowns, though. 
overall, it was a pretty good fantasy day if you started somebody from the Bills team, though. Yeah, weird to see that game played in Detroit because of the big snowstorm in Buffalo. <laughs> you don't typically see a game in a neutral site unless it's the Super Bowl, and if only the Browns were playing in the Super Bowl, that would, that would be nice. But uh, Absolutely. Detroit Motor Bowl, um, and they, they come up short here against the Bills. Next game, which it seems like the Bears are always in a nail-biter every single week, and they always end up on the uh, the bad side of, of the results. Dana, I'll have you talk about the Bears. Falcons game here. Yeah, so um, we saw exactly what we wanted to see out of Justin Fields with his 18 rushes, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Only 151 yards in the air and a touchdown there, but uh, going forward, I would put him as a top top five at maybe even a top three fantasy quarterback. With the reduction he's given you over the past four or five weeks, it's been absolutely stellar since he came in to this year not doing a whole lot. Um, David Montgomery with the injury to Khalil Herbert uh, got himself a, a decent day, um, 17 carries, 67 yards, touchdown, and he caught three catches and had the most receiving yards for, for with 54. Um, if you have David Montgomery, I think going forward, you're going to be really happy with him um, just because the injury to Khalil Herbert is really, really big, even though you wouldn't, you might not think that the backup is um, now he's got the whole backfield to himself and Justin Fields. Um, from the Atlanta perspective, um, this backfield is one that I would want to avoid if, if at all possible. Um, the carries were split amongst uh, Tyler Algier with eight, Cordero Patterson at 10. Neither of them were super effective from a fantasy perspective uh, this game. Um, and Marcus Mariota rushed 13 times for 25 yards. We so actually had the most rushing yards. Um, the thing about this game was um, seeing Kyle Pitts go down and, and, require surgery and it's probably not going to be back for the rest of this year. Or if not, it'll be very late in the year, maybe playoff times. If uh, Atlanta makes it there, that's really, that's really hard to see with how bad the tight end position is. Um, I don't think his backups are anybody you're going to really want to go and get from a fantasy perspective. Um, but overall the game was, was, uh, it was a very fun game. You, you really don't want to roster too many people from Atlanta, honestly. Um, maybe Marcus Mariota on a bye week. Um, but, you know, their leading receiver was Kyle Pitts, Dame, uh, Demir Bird. It's been hit or miss. He's not somebody you're going to want to go and get or anything like that. Drake London had one catch for two yards and a touchdown. So, you know, he really didn't produce for you. So from a fantasy perspective, um, I want Justin Fields or David Montgomery. Um, I might stash Cole Komet um, from, a t- from the tight end. I have him in one league, two leagues actually. Um, and Atlanta, <laughs> I – if you have Cordero Patterson, you're probably putting them out there, but I would keep everybody else on the bench. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see over the next few days with Justin uh, Fields. He did end up hurt in the uh, fourth quarter of that game. He ended up tearing some ligaments in his non-throwing shoulder. So because the Bears are, what, three and eight, something like that, um, are they going to risk their future franchise quarterback in the you know tail end of the season are they going to let this guy heal up are they going to put him out there and see what he can do with this injury Uh, so just keep an eye on that if that's someone that you've been relying on the last few weeks Um, the next game is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Colts which uh, just a really surprising game obviously the the Colts are in their second week under Jeff Saturday um, their new head coach who had never coached in the NFL before and, and honestly, they dominated for most of this game. Uh, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that the Eagles kind of woke up. 
uh, scored 14 points in the fourth quarter uh, to come away with the win 17 to 16 to go to nine and one uh, an NFL best record. Jalen Hurts continues to do Jalen Hurts things. I, I continue to say each and every week that I, I think this guy's a legitimate MVP contender. Um, although what Patrick Mahomes is doing in Kansas City uh, might rival that. But uh, just like we talked about Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts had 16 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Um, these mobile quarterbacks are like two players in fantasy. You know, they act as a running back and as a quarterback. So if you can get one of these mobile guys that's consistent on a week-to-week basis, you can't beat it. I know Timmy uh, had a lot of stock in Jonathan Taylor over the last couple years, and early on in this year, he's – but over the last two weeks in particular under Jeff Saturday, it seems like they've kind of um, decided to go back to their roots and give him the rock. And he had 22 carries, 84 yards in this game and a touchdown. Um, so he's someone that as long as he can stay healthy, you're, you're putting back in there. If you even, you know, considered benching him during his rough spell. Um, interesting development in Philadelphia, honestly, over the last few weeks, Devonte Smith has been out targeting AJ Brown. Um, and, and I'm assuming that's because AJ Brown's getting the best corner on these defenses. Indianapolis is pretty, uh, well stacked at the cornerback position, but Devonte Smith, uh, had six receptions, 78 yards on nine targets. Um, AJ Brown, obviously right behind him with five receptions, but, um, these are two guys that I, I would be willing to start on a week to week basis. Um, and now that, uh, Matt Ryan's starting for the Colts, I'm okay starting Michael Pittman again. Uh, Paris Campbell's had a good couple weeks here as well. Even Alec Pierce had eight targets this week. So um, not that I'm trusting them, but we're going to be having bye in the next few weeks. Uh, if you need to start a Paris Campbell or an Alec Pierce, I don't think it's a bad thing in a flex position. But Michael Pittman was supposed to be this set-it-forget-it wide receiver one or two, um, and he really hasn't been. This year, I think you can you can trust him in a wide receiver two, wide receiver three um, type position. So, um, next game we have on the list, if my computer will load here, is the Jets and the Patriots. What a barn burner this one was, uh, Tim. Your thoughts on the Jets and Patriots game? Well, um, you talked about how the Browns and the Bills had to be moved because of the weather. <clears throat> I wish this game would have been moved because the winds were something like 30, 40 miles per hour. But that's no excuse for what Zach Wilson put on the field. That was absolutely atrocious. Only nine completions for 77 yards. And I'm pretty sure that offense only had like two yards of total offense in the second half. That's just brutal for fantasy and just – Anybody watching the game in general, I'm sure people's eyes were burning watching that. Um, <clears throat> the Jets had almost nobody on this team worth fantasy this week. If you were somebody out there that was playing maybe Garrett Wilson or Michael Carter, man, that's that's rough because nobody had a good game. <clears throat> in terms of the Patriots, Mac Jones, not a terrible outing, 246 yards, but I really doubt most people in – you know, one QB leagues would be starting him anyways, maybe in a super flex, but um, even then the numbers aren't that great. The only person that I would really like to highlight from the Patriots is Ramadre Stevenson. Even though he only had 26 yards rushing, he had six receptions for 56 yards. And that saved his week if you're in full PPR. So if you played him, he's another one of those guys I would play every single week at this point, even with Damian Harris back. Um, 
Ramondre Stevenson had twice the carries that Damian had, even though Damian Harris was a little more, more effective. He had 8.1 yards per carry. Really seems like this team likes Ramondre and they're going to keep going to him, both in the passing game and the running game. But man, what do you guys think about Zach Wilson? It turns out, I think I just saw some headlines that he's going to be benched for, who is it, Mike White? Yeah. And in fact, he's not even going to be on the roster that day. They're going to have Joe. <clears throat> he won't. Yeah, he won't be dressing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, you know, their coach Robert Salas says that this is not him giving up on Zach Wilson. Now he has to say that, obviously, but he says this is a reset button for Zach Wilson. Though, so, going to give him some time away from football and uh, see if he can collect himself, but. Um, yeah, pretty rough. And then, you know, in terms of the Patriots, Tim, I'd say the only other person worth starting on the Patriots besides Ramondre Stevenson would be the Patriots defense. Um, they're, they're ranked number one in, uh, according to ESPN at this point, they had a, a punt return late in this game to win the game. To win one. it. It was the no only time left on the clock. Touchdown in the entire game. It was 3-3 for most of the game. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, they've just been dominant the whole year. It seems like Belichick and, and his staff always put out a good defense year after year. So um, if you were able to to get them or if you're in a really shallow league and defenses kind of change week to week and they're still out there, grab them because uh, it could be the difference between winning and losing a, a week. So, Yeah, uh, and now that you mentioned that, the, the Jets defense has been pretty good too. I mean, they shut down Josh Allen and this week they – you know, they only allow three points against the Patriots offense. So I think both defenses would be bad. not too bad. 100%. Robert Sala is a, a defensive-minded coach, so it definitely seems the Jets are trending in the right direction that way. They just need uh, someone to throw the ball. So um, the next game is the Rams and the Saints. And uh, I'll let Dana talk about this one. He, he loves the Saints. The Rams, oh, man, just just pitiful What what's happening to that organization. You know, they were Super Bowl champions last year, and now they have the same record as the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, that's not good. Um, Dana, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about this game. Uh, I do want to start with news. Um, the Rams dropped um, Daryl Henderson Jr. They're at one point starting running back to waivers, and he was claimed by the Jaguars, Jacksonville. Wow. And um, also – the current report is that Matt Stafford is ruled out for week 12, which would be this coming week. So a, a lot of injuries and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of injuries for the the Rams, you know, no longer have Cooper cup he, based on their record. He's probably not even going to make a return this year um, because if he was out six to eight weeks. So if he does, it wouldn't be till late. And at that point, why risk him um, when you saw him got injured and, um, you know, Sean McVay said, even that was a, a dumb idea at the time when he was out there, but, um, you know, there's, there's not really a whole lot to talk about and about the Rams. Um, Cam Akers is, I believe is going to see a, an increased role as the lead back. I think Kyron Williams is also going to see an increased role. I believe they drafted him in the third, the fifth round, fifth round, I think fourth or fifth. Um, so I think he's going to see an, an increased role as well. So for dynasty, that might be somebody, if you have an extra slot on your bench to grab, um, cause who knows if he starts outperforming, he could be the lead back there in, uh, in Los Angeles, um, receiving wise, Allen Robinson, not a bad outing four catches, 47 yards and a touchdown. So he's, he looks like he, he's going to be one of the focal points in this offense, um, for pass catchers, as well as Tyler, uh, Tyler Higby. If you have either of those two, um, I'm 
I would feel confident starting Tyler Higby as my tight end if you don't have a uh, star tight end. Um, I'm still not starting Al Robinson personally. I would keep him on the bench. Um, from New Orleans, uh, this team is looking a little, little bit like a, a little bit like a team um, with Andy Dalton knowing that his job is potentially on the line because there's talks about you know having Jameis Winston come in and start for him. He put up 260 yards and three touchdowns. It's just exactly what you want to see from the Red Rocket. Um, I'm hoping that Kamara gets a little bit more. Um, more fantasy points and more fantasy value because he is an absolute stud at running back um, 12 carries 42 yards, but as always, he catches passes. So four four catches, 47 yards, no touchdowns. So he had a very average day for you um, probably below average on what you expect from him. But uh, you know, the guy out of Ohio state, Chris Olave uh, is looking to be a very, very sound number one receiver for this new Orleans team. Five catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. And Andy Dalton just absolutely loves throwing him the ball. Um, if you have Chris Olave, I'm happy starting him. I have him in a dynasty league. Um, so, you know, I'm super happy to have him. But other than that, uh, Jawan Johnson's actually been doing really good at tight end for the past few weeks. That's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, three catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. I'm not sure where he ranks in the actual fantasy, but um, honestly, as a tight end from the tight end position, I would rather have him over someone like Taysom Hill, just because you're going to get these kind of games where he did rush nine times for 52 yards, but he's not going to catch many passes. Like he caught one pass for eight yards and he threw three times for 14 yards. Um, so, you know, Taysom Hill is very hit or miss, but these, there are games where he's going to go out and give you, you know, three rushing touchdowns on four carries. And, you know, he's not going to catch the ball much, but I like Jawan Johnson as a, a more of a safer pick at tight end. If you're really, really uh, scrambling for one. Do you think Cam Akers is a top 24 running back moving forward because he's essentially the lead back now by default? Um, I, I, I would like to see the volume that he gets in the next week or two. Um, he's probably not, he, he's probably not on your, um, you know, your, your, waiver wire to be able to pick up somebody probably drafted him fairly early because there were talks that he was going to get the lead role early and it just was kind of split between him and Daryl Henderson. And then, you know, they talked about him getting traded. Um, so top 24, um, maybe in the back end of the, in the twenties, I think if he gets the volume of 14 or if he gets the volume of 15 to 20 carries or 15 to 20 touches, I think he's worth a flex start, maybe even an RB two, depending what he does with that. Fair enough. Uh, the next game is the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants. And uh, I do want to mention that on last week's podcast, I said the Lions were going to come out on top in this one. And they did. They're on a three-game winning streak, 31-18. to 18. Um, Giants seem to be falling apart at the seams after a really hot start. Uh, Daniel Jones threw for 44 attempts in this game, only completed 27, but 341 yards. They were down for a lot of this game. They were playing catch up quite a bit, but really, and I know this is going to hurt Dana's soul, but Saquon Barkley over the last few weeks has really fallen off. He had 15 carries for 22 yards in this game. Uh, I just, I don't know if it's because they're playing from behind and he's not getting good looks, um, but definitely uh, not the Saquon that we saw earlier on in the season. Obviously, with the draft capital that you put into him, you're going to continue to put him out there and, and cross your fingers and, and hope that he can uh, reclaim his form from earlier on in the season. But at this point, you know, the, the running back side of things in this game actually went to Jamal Williams, of all people. Again, he continues to die. 
the carries for uh, Detroit. He had 17 carries for 64 yards and three touchdowns. When they are in the red zone, you know what they're going to do, and you can't stop it. Jamal Williams uh, and even DeAndre Swift had a touchdown in this one, kind of a towards the end of the game, pity touchdown. So uh, luckily I traded away DeAndre Swift uh, in our league. I uh, just I don't like his health. I don't like his role right now in Detroit's, uh, you know, rush uh, attack. And uh, honestly, it's working for Detroit. So they're going to continue to do it. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown continues to uh, dominate the targets, uh, had seven receptions for 76 yards in this game. And on the New York side, Wondell Robinson was a name that I said earlier on in the season as someone to keep an eye out on in keeper leagues. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL at the end of this game. So we're not going to see him for the rest of this year. I do have him in our keeper league. Uh, so I put him in an IR spot, but really disappointing. Uh, you know, earlier on in the season, same thing happened. Um, now I'm drawing a blank on who his, what his name was. Who's the wide receiver plays for the giants every single year. And he tore his ACL on like the last play of the game in like week three. Uh, Sterling Shepard. Thank you, Sterling Shepard. So it just seems to be like a New York Giants wide receiver curse at this point. You have a good game, and then you tear your ACL. Um, but really, the only person left in that attack uh, is Darius Slayton. And uh, he's getting a lot of targets, at 10 targets in this game. If he's uh, you know, on your waiver wire in your league, I would, I would definitely take a flyer on him. In fact, uh, we start our playoffs in our keeper league this week. And I'm starting Darius Slayton. I'm kind of that then at wide receiver. Um, so I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that uh, these 10 carries or these 10 targets carry over to the next. The next game is the Ravens and the Panthers. Uh, Timmy, tell us a little bit about our division rivals, the, the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who's been really underwhelming over the last few weeks. Yeah, he hasn't been MVP level like we would expect of him. <clears throat> and I'm assuming most leagues, you probably get him in like the fourth, maybe fifth, almost sixth round. Um, with the numbers he's putting up, it's just not happening. And to his, you know, on his part, he doesn't have a lot of receivers at this point. You know, they traded away Marquise Brown, their number one receiver. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Uh, he was a rookie last year. Tore... Bateman. He's out for the season. Yes, Bateman, Rashad Bateman. He's out now. So, I mean, their number one receiver is Demarcus Robinson, who was, I want to say he was like the fourth string receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Right. So you're not, yeah, you can't really trust a guy like that. But with what he's putting up right now this past week, Demarcus Robinson, nine receptions, 128 yards. He's worth a look. If you're struggling, he'd be somebody to stash away possibly. Mark Andrews, a little underwhelming this week, six receptions for 66 or 63 yards. In terms of tight end use, that's high end. But in terms of what you probably had to pay for Mark Andrews, that's not great. Uh, outside of that, Kenyon Drake had an underwhelming week. He's kind of touchdown dependent at this point. He didn't get any. Lamar Jackson stole his touchdown. Um, <clears throat> but by Lamar Jackson doing that, he might have saved his week. He had 31 yards running to go along with those 209 yards uh, throwing. So not a terrible outing, but not what you would expect from an MVP, especially in a year he's got to really put some big numbers up to get a better uh, contract going forward. On the Panther side, oof, Baker Mayfield came out and he stunk up the joint. 
normally he plays pretty well against the Ravens, so I was kind of surprised how bad he did. But all around, this was just rough. If you had somebody on this team and you put him out there like Dante Foreman, I could see some people starting him. Only 24 yards rushing on 11 attempts, 2.2 yards average. was terrible. He had no receptions either. <clears throat> and then outside of that, um, DJ Moore, another underwhelming performance. I don't know what it is with Baker Mayfield and, like, receiver ones, but he just hates them. He's throwing a Terrace Marshall instead. That doesn't make sense to me either. Like, he couldn't do it with Odo Beckham with the Browns, and now he's he can't do it with DJ Moore. And I think DJ Moore is a top talent. It just sucks to see that he's got all these crappy quarterbacks. Going forward, uh, Sam Darnold's going to be in this week, I believe. So hopefully uh, he'll be able to have some better outings going forward. Uh, if it was me, though, I probably wouldn't throw DJ Moore out there just yet. I'm still kind of worried about that. Yeah, overall, it's kind of rough going for the Panthers. Sure is. Uh, as is, it's going pretty rough for the Houston Texans as well. They uh, they lose again. I'm going to have Dana talk about this one. They lose to the Commanders 23-10. to 10. What are some main takeaways for you in this game, Dana? Um, just before I get to that, I just have a quick question for you guys. Um, you know, watching Baker Mayfield for as long as we did as Browns fans and having him be, you know, the number one overall draft pick, um, you know, just from what you've seen this year, um, do you think he's done as a starter? Do you think that he's now just going to be a backup quarterback going forward? I think you might see yeah. him in the next year. <laughs> what was that, Colin? I think you might see him in the XFL next year. Yeah, I just, hope. you know, I, I just, when I watch him, when I watch him play and, you know, he did good for, you know, the back half of the season for the Browns, but when I watch him play, it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate as a number one overall pick. And when, you know, even what the Panthers gave up for him from the Brown to get him from the Browns at this point, it's not even looking like it's worth it because PJ Walker was a better quarterback for you. And, Sam Darnold might be an even better one. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the commanders. Um, I really like what I've seen from Washington Um, for the past few weeks. They've looked pretty good. The defense uh, really tore apart the, um, the, the Houston Texans this game. And that's really sad because it's, it's hurting the value of Damian Pierce exponentially because he only got 10 carries, only got 10 carries when he's been averaging 15 plus touches um, eight yards. So he really didn't get anything from you. And Davis Mills um, took the vulture, the touchdown from, I think three or four yards out from Damian Pierce to get it. Um, Damian Pierce, he did get you two catches. So in a PPR league, you know, you're kind of happy with that. But the fact that he only had a total of 17 yards, um, you know, it kind of scares me because uh, I, I picked him up. My, my running backs got hurt and I picked him up in one league. And this is not the production that I, I am hoping to see from him. So, you know, going forward, I, I you know, I'm kind of hesitant to plug him in, but I don't think you really have that much of an option because he's a very, very talented back for, for what it's worth. And if this Houston team can make the, make a push to make the game playable, he'll get more carries and he'll get more yards. Um, Washington's actually looking pretty good. Um, they do have a running back by committee back there with Antonio Gibson and, uh, Brian Robinson with Antonio Gibson getting 18 carries, Brian getting 15, but both of them got decent yards at 72 for Gibson and um, 57 for Brian Robinson. Um, one big takeaway from this, and 
I would like to monitor it going forward because I like to talk about the tight ends. And if you don't have those premium tight ends, you're probably scrambling to try to get somebody who's decent every week. Um, and Logan Thomas has been hurt last year. He was hurt this year, but him getting five or six targets second on the team behind Terry McLaurin is a really, really big for a tight end. He finished with 11.5 fantasy points. It might be somebody that I would consider um, rostering and even starting if, you know, in bye weeks or just based on performance, if he continues to put that out. Um, I like the performance that I've seen from Terry McLaurin for the past couple of weeks. Tyler Heineke looks pretty, looks pretty legit. And the fact that they decided that they're going to continue to roll with him over a healthy Carson Wentz, I think just, um, just shows numbers um, from that team. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see going forward. The unfortunate part for him is that they play in that division that consists of the um, Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants. That's a very hard division with all those teams being, um, you know, top tier at this at this current moment. Um, one last thing in regards to Houston receiving, um, Davis Mills is not going to be starting this week. Um, they actually are going to sit him. I forgot who Kyle. the starter is. Kyle Allen. Yeah, so they're going to be starting Kyle, Kyle Allen this week. So I don't know what kind of value that's going to change for, you know, if you are starting Brandon Cooks, because that's probably the only person on this offense besides Damian Pierce that you're starting. So if you do have him and you need Brandon Cooks, um, he got you 10 points on the dot this week. Um, you know, we talked about him before in the previous podcast. I don't know if I'm super confident starting him, but, you know, as, as a flex play, if you have two other better receivers and you're really looking for a flex, um, he might be a decent dart throw. Yeah, quick question for you, Dana. In terms of the Washington backfield, Antonio Gibson over the last few weeks has really kind of reemerged as kind of the lead back, and it does seem to be a, a – dead even split so if you uh i don't know were like me and had antonio gibson and brian robinson on the same roster um which of these two guys do you think you'd be putting out there on a week-to-week basis if any um if i had to choose i would probably go with antonio gibson because of the passing game um he did get three targets um for 31 yards and of course the 18 carries as i mentioned so he's getting more looks at the ball than brian robinson um, I don't know how long that's going to last for. Um, but if I had to choose one of the two, I would definitely go with Antonio Gibson. I had to start Brian Robinson last week, and I was disappointed because um, I was hoping for a little bit of a bigger game, especially against the Houston team, which gave up, I think, the most rushing yards all season combined. Like, they were the easiest to run on. And, you know, you just didn't see that kind of production. But, um, yeah, I think uh, if you have Antonio Gibson, I'd put him in as a RB2, um, depending on your roster construction. If you have anybody better, that's not a bad lineup uh, person for your lineup. Yeah, the next game, of course, I don't know why it is, but every single week I get stuck talking about the Denver Broncos, and I <laughs> hate talking about the Denver Broncos, so I'll keep this short and sweet. No one on the Denver Broncos is worth starting at this point in time. I really think that. I don't think Russell Wilson is worth starting. I don't even think Cortland Sutton is worth starting. Obviously, even with Jerry Judy out with injury, Cortland Sutton should be their number one guy. But I just don't think Russell Wilson can even throw the ball. Um, and their backfield is such a mess. There's so many different names. They, they traded for Chase Edmonds. So you thought, oh, this is going to be the guy. But it's not. And then they have Latavius Murray, this 32-year-old who's supposed to be kind of at the back end of his career. And yet he seems to be the lead back. Melvin Gordon factors in there somewhere. I just they did just drop him, though. So Melvin, Drop Melvin yeah. Gordon? Yeah, they waived Melvin Ooh. Gordon. So, so I do want to say that 
I did pick up Latavius Murray in a 10 team league um, and I'm going to be stashing him just because of the volume he's getting. They're not sure if Chase Edmonds is going to play this coming week. So you might, uh, he might get a very, very high, he might, he might get a lot of usage. And if the Denver defense continues to be as decent as they are, they might get Russell Wilson average field position, which could be good for Latavius. So just to say, that's probably the only person that I would I would consider starting besides maybe Cortland. But Dana, but, sorry, every single week the the Denver Broncos have a good I, team, a good secondary, <laughs> low scoring. This is how it always is. I know. Russell Wilson to take care of business, and guess what? He's not. And I just don't trust anyone on this Broncos team. Maybe their defense because they will keep their their offense in games. But, I mean, they lose this one against the Raiders, who are just as big of a mess as they are, 22-16. to 16, It goes the overtime. Really, the only two people on the Raiders that I want to start on a week-to-week basis is Josh Jacobs, who had 24 carries, 109 yards, and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has shown that he is quarterback-proof, I think. Um, Derek Carr, by no means, has had a great season. He uh, ends up throwing for over 300 yards and two touchdowns in this game. And those two touchdowns were to Devontae Adams, uh, including the one that won it for him in overtime. So seven receptions, 141 yards from Devontae Adams. I mean, he's a set it, forget it, wide receiver one, probably a top five wide receiver in the league. Um, Josh Jacobs, while his production has kind of gone up and down throughout the year, he started really hot. He's still getting the volume that Dana talks about every single week, 24 carries. He that, But really, these are two offenses that – players I want to stay far far away from in terms of the game of the week uh, lots of anticipation around the Dallas Cowboys and Minnesota Vikings game thought that this was going to be a shootout back and forth thriller it was anything but Um, so I'm going to have Timmy talk about the Cowboys Vikings game yeah so I realize the Minnesota Vikings are going into this game they're eight and one they just had a big win against the Bills but I want to point out that that was against an injured Josh Allen that I personally don't even know if he was, I mean, he's going to say that he was okay. I'm not totally sold on that. And all the games before that, for the most part, I don't think the Minnesota Vikings have beat anybody with a winning record besides the bills. So I kind of feel like the Vikings are a little bit of a anomaly right now. Um, with that being said, Looking at that team, Kirk Cousins had an awful game, only 105 yards on 23 attempts with uh, 12 com- or 23 attempts with 12 completions. Towards the end of the game, they actually brought Nick Mullins in. I think they were just giving up at that point. Dalvin Cook, who's probably another one of those set it and forget it guys, not a great game. 72 yards on the ground, uh, zero receptions. A little bit disappointing there for him. Obviously, a name that I want people to be looking for is TJ Hawkinson though, for the Vikings going forward. He's a tight end. He's super athletic. He had five receptions for 34 yards, not a great outing by any means, but eight points by a tight end with five receptions is pretty good. You think most weeks uh, he's probably going to get more yards, possibly a touchdown. Uh, I think he's going to be good going forward. And then Justin Jefferson, another guy that, I'm sure everybody probably started and was super disappointed with only three receptions for 33 yards. Um, Outside of that, Adam Thielen, another guy that's starting to drop off more and more, only two receptions, 25 yards, pretty disappointing. But on the Cowboys side, 
pretty sweet if you had either of those running backs playing. Tony Pollard had two reception touchdowns, a big, big, big touchdown reception, six receptions, 109 yards, another 80 yards on the ground. Zeke, two touchdowns on the ground as well, but only 42 yards, but he still had a pretty great day just from those two touchdowns. <clears throat> Dak, uh, 22 completions for 276 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty good week for him. Uh, normally, he'd probably have more than 16 yards rushing, but they were up so much, they probably didn't even have to like put him in that position to get injured if you don't have to. <clears throat> for the receivers on the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb had a little bit of a disappointing game. I think with the amount of receptions and touchdowns that Tony Pollard and Zeke had, CD just kind of fell into the background. I don't think that's something that's going to happen often. I think CD's probably going to have, in a closer game, he probably would have had one of those touchdowns more than likely, probably more yards as well than five receptions, 45 yards. Um, another big starter is Dalton Schultz, a little bit disappointing as well. Three receptions, 22 yards. Um, again, the Cowboys just didn't really have to pass that much because they were the Vikings weren't doing anything. So rush heavy game. But going forward, what do you guys think about Tony Pollard versus Zeke? I mean, who would you rather have on your team? Yeah, I'll tell you, Timmy, I'm in that dilemma in uh, one of my leagues. They have both guys on. And uh, for the last weeks, obviously, with uh, Zeke's injury over the last few weeks, but even when they were both healthy, I was always starting Tony Pollard. I thought he died. I talked about it on last week's show. I think he's more explosive. He's younger. Zeke seems to be, you know, comparing it to the Detroit Lions a little bit, where uh, Swift, if he was healthy, should be their more elusive, more, you know, playmaking type running back, whereas Zeke is more at the goal line. And that's what Jamal Williams has been. So it's going to be frustrating if you start Tony Pollard and then, you know, Zeke's on your bench and he vultures some touchdowns like he did this week. Cause Tony Pollard theoretically could have had four touchdowns in this game if Zeke didn't vulture him at the goal line from him. So um, I'm starting Tony Pollard. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's just so explosive. He's a big play threat every time he touches the ball. Zeke just uh, he looks like he's lost a little bit of juice. He's between the tackles. He's going to get you five, six yards, but he's not going to break anything big. Yeah, and uh, I'll have Dana talk about the Bengals and Steelers, a surprising shootout. I think the uh, over-under in this game was one of the lowest on the weeks, and it ended up being 67 points in this game. Um, so your thoughts on the Bengals-Steelers, Dana? <clears throat> um. Just to just to top that, I you know I, I like Tony Pollard a lot as well. Um, going forward, the the problem is maybe not the problem, but the thing is is they are paying Zeke a lot of money, um, so they're gonna continue to give him that goal line work. So you know if Tony Pollard every game doesn't get those two touchdowns, the likelihood that Zeke will because for some reason the Cowboys always find themselves on the one or two yard line you know, once or twice a game, it just always ends up falling into their lap that way. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely, I would recommend, or I would prefer Tony Pollard over uh, Zeke uh, in regards to the Cincy game. Boy, was this one very exciting. Um, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon went down and Samaji Pirine really, really took over there. Uh, Joe Mixon, I believe not last week, but two weeks ago had five touchdowns. Samaji Pirine came in with and had three. 
um, three receiving touchdowns on four catches, 52 yards. So if Joe Mixon is hurt going forward, um, I like explosive offenses, but I really like good teams. So in Cincy, if Joe Mixon is hurt for an extended period of time, even a week or two, um, I have no problem putting Samaji Pirine in for him if you have Joe Mixon or even maybe if you pick him up and, and toss him in. I don't think that's going to be a bad option for you just because of how good this offense is. Uh, Joe Burrow did throw two interceptions, but he threw for 355 and four touchdowns. And T. Higgins, nine catches, 148 yards. It's He's the clear number one when Jamar Chase isn't there. And even when Jamar Chase is there, he's, you know, 1.5 because the both of them can have these kind of games and still be fantasy relevant. Um, if you had Tyler Boyd and you rostered him and you started him this week, um, he was in the top 20 in position rank, even up to this point, which is absolutely insane thinking, you know, he's playing third fiddle to T Higgins and Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase potentially coming back this week. And I know he was listed as questionable. They weren't sure if he's going to play. So I would, you know, watch the rest of the week to see if he practices and if they project him to play. Um, but from a receiving standpoint, I really like T Higgins. I think he's a great player. You're starting him every week. Um, Joe Burrow, the, he had a really bad first few weeks and he even told everybody, you know, Hey, calm down. Hey, we got this. And he's proven that. So you're definitely starting him. Um, Kenny Pickett looked a lot better this game in regards to being a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett guy, and I'm not really, I haven't really followed him, but I do like to see people be a little bit more successful. And the fact that he was able to find Pickens for a touchdown, um, I think shows shows volumes for him going forward because they did bench, um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky for him, and that's what people wanted. Um, Najee out there getting you finally the production that you, that you wanted and that you needed from where you drafted him, 20 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he also had four carries, 26 yards. So for PPR, those four points and a little extra yard definitely helps. One thing that I've been really surprised about is the underutilization of Deontay Johnson. He's a premier talent in the league. He's a really good route runner. He seems to get open whenever I watch him play, but he's not giving you the production that you're, you're hoping for. Um, or that you're wanting. And instead that's been a combination of their tight end, Pat Fryermuth, which if you have him, you're really happy for. And George Pickens, who's who Saxon talked about, you know, when he was on the podcast saying that he really liked him. Um, I was a little bit more of a naysayer just because I didn't really see it yet, but with him getting six targets, four catches, 83 yards and a touchdown, um, he might be somebody that you might start going forward in your wide receiver two or flex spot. I definitely think that that's, that he's going to be worth your time there. Um, Pat Fryermuth, you're starting him going forward. You really, really need that production at tight end every week. Yeah, and then the Sunday night game this week was the Chiefs and the Chargers. What a shootout. Um, Chargers are actually winning for a lot of this game, and it just shows the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, honestly. Patrick Mahomes threw for over 300 yards in this game, three touchdowns. Um, Travis Kelsey, six receptions. Uh, three of those being touchdowns. These two just have an incredible connection with one another. They're both future Hall of Famers. And as long as they're out on the field for the Chiefs, they have a chance to win every single game that they play in. The Chargers have had some really rough breaks in some of the games that they've played in. Obviously, they've had a tremendous amount of injuries as well with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both played in this game, and it ends up 
like Mike Williams got hurt again. And uh, Keenan Allen is, you know, he's, he's older, obviously he's uh, definitely in the uh, later parts of his career. So they're going to want to be careful with him if they want to make a playoff push here at five and five. Um, But Isaiah Pacheco, this is a name that we've brought up over the last few weeks on this podcast. Um, He seems to have taken over as the lead back. Uh, in terms of carries, he had 15 carries for 107 yards. If he is still available in your league, and if I'm not mistaken, he's available in something like 45% of leagues in ESPN leagues, you need to go out and get this guy because he's playing on an elite offense. He seems to be getting um, the most amount of touches out of the backfield. And I think the sky's the limit for Isaiah Pacheco, especially after Jarek McKinnon had a pretty um, bad fumble in this game. And, Clyde Edwards-Alaire's stock has just continued to go down and down. He, he is on IR now, CEH yeah. is. There you go. So, that so only, he will not be available for you. Yeah, so Isaiah Pacheco is definitely someone to grab and, and hold on to. Uh, even if you don't start him, if you have to do better running back, he's one that's definitely a bi-week replacement. And for me, uh, I'm starting him in the in the league that I have him. I, I just think he's, he's going to get the rock and they're going to be winning – so many games that they're going to have a lot of opportunities to run. Um, in terms of the Chargers, Austin Eckler, honestly, a disappointing performance for him. Um, this is someone that you expect to be a top five, you know, running back. 19 carries, yes, a touchdown, yes, but um, the receptions weren't really there this week. You know, he had two receptions for 17 yards. This is someone that you're expecting to get uh, a lot of targets, only had two targets in this game. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're okay with the touchdown. Obviously, that salvaged his day. But uh, at the end of the day, this is someone that you put a tremendous amount of draft capital in, and you want to see those receivers to him in a PPR league in particular. So uh, moving forward, it's the Kansas City Chiefs uh, wide receivers that I'm interested to see what's going to happen there. It seems to be every single week it's someone different. Um, you know, Sky Moore had six targets this week. Um Obviously, Travis Kelsey led the way with 10 targets, but Sky Moore seems to be on his way up, uh, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling seems to be on his way down. And after last week's good performance, Kadarius Tony had one target and no receptions in this game. So I guess a question to both you, uh, Dana, and, and Timmy, is there any wide receivers on the Kansas City Chiefs that you trust to start especially as in our league, in our keeper league, we start the playoffs this week. Um, just have to rub it in that neither one of you made the playoffs this year in our keeper league. Uh, <laughs> I went six and five. I, I did make the playoffs. <laughs> um, are either any of these guys worth starting uh, as we head into the playoff weeks uh, of fantasy football? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think the inconsistency that you're getting from – every one of the Kansas City receivers besides the tight end, Travis Kelsey, I don't think you can feel confident putting any of them out there. Um, I just think that there's better options than any of those receivers, even in this hot of an offense. And Patrick Mahomes said at the beginning of the year, he said for fantasy owners, I, you know, he said basically, sorry, I, we're just going to get the ball to basically whoever we can. Um, you know, each week there's not going to be that go-to guy besides, of course, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'm trying to think in my head who's actually healthy on that receiver room. So I know Nicole Hardman's still injured, I believe. Kadarius Tony just got injured. Um, is Juju still injured or is he back? 
I think Juju's supposed to be back this week. Okay. If he's back with the injuries to the other two, I'd be okay starting him in a flex position just because I feel like he's going to get a lot of short yardage receptions. Uh, it's good for full PPR, but, you know, I wouldn't be relying on him for more than like maybe 12 to 15 points. 15 points probably is the ceiling. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have uh, Tim talk about our last game of the week, and that is uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals played in Mexico. Um, and the 49ers really ran away with this game in the second quarter and didn't look back. They went 38-10. to 10. Jimmy Garoppolo had a nice performance. So, Timmy, tell us a little bit about this 49ers offense and Russ uh, starting every one of these pieces that they have on a weekly basis, or do you think they kind of sabotage each other? And then on the Cardinals side of things, yes, it was Colt McCoy throwing the ball, but are you worried about this offense uh, moving forward with or without Kyler Murray? Yeah, I'll start with the Cardinals because I think that's a little bit of an easier answer. Uh, I think James Conner is a starter every week again. Uh, With the draft capital he went with, probably third or fourth round, he's starting to come around. He looks healthy again. Got a Mm -hmm. touchdown this week, a couple of receptions. Um, Not great. Only 42 yards running. But a touchdown kind of saved him. Only two receptions for 12 yards. But he's a big piece of this offense. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. Um, I think going forward, he's probably going to maybe fall into the end zone every week. And then DeAndre Hopkins is an every week starter as well. Nine receptions, 91 yards. Um, That's a guy I'd feel comfortable starting as a receiver one, receiver two, flex, wherever. Uh, I think the targets he has and the athleticism he has is going to overcome whatever quarterback comes out there. Besides that, I'm a little bit worried Rondale Moore was a possible receiver three slash flex. He's injured now. Greg Dortch got a lot of those receptions in his place. That's not a guy I'm comfortable starting, to be honest. I just don't think that's going to carry over week to week. This week he had a great outing, nine receptions, 103 yards. I just don't have faith in him. I don't have faith in A.J. Green or any of these other guys. Uh, With Zach Ertz out, I wouldn't touch the tight ends either. The 49ers side, this is a fun one. You know, they scored 38 points. Jimmy Garoppolo threw two or four touchdowns on 228 yards. Um, I don't know if that's something he's going to do every week unless he's dumping off passes and just letting the athleticism of these guys, you know, just let them take off. So if I had to with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd say maybe a streaming option if you don't have anybody better. The receiving end, George Kittle is back, baby. Two touchdowns on four receptions, 84 yards. He looks elite once again. Uh, That's kind of what you expect with the tight end like George Kittle. He's in the same stratosphere as like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. He just needs to stay healthy. Debo Samuel, this feels like the game that we've all been waiting for from him. Seven receptions, 57 yards. And then he had a big run. I can't remember how long it was, but it was sweet. He looked like Derrick Henry out there, just bullying people, just running past everybody. There was a, he caught a pass and he just shoved Buda Baker right into the ground. That was awesome to see. He's so big and athletic, man. He's one of my favorite players. Um, <clears throat> in terms of these other receivers, Brandon Ayuk, only two receptions, 20 yards, but he had two touchdowns. I think it's pretty clear that Jimmy Garoppolo likes him a lot in the red zone area. So I'd be okay starting him as well. 
Um, but it does seem like he's going to be more and more touchdown dependent now that George Kittle and Debo Samuel are back to full form. For the running backs, uh, it's kind of strange to me that Elijah Mitchell actually got more carries than Christian McCaffrey, and he was more efficient with those carries. He was averaging 6.6 yards, while Christian McCaffrey was uh, averaging 5.6. Now, both of those are amazing, but if only one of them had that, and they had all of those carries, that'd be an elite running back one. But since they're splitting it in half, I'm a little bit worried. I wouldn't want to play Elijah Mitchell if I didn't have to, because I think he's going to be really touchdown dependent. Christian McCaffrey, just because of his reception upside, he had seven receptions for 67 yards. Uh, That really saved his week. He didn't have any touchdowns. But, you know, with the amount of dump offs he's going to get and his pure athleticism I think he's going to be able to make things happen week to week do you think <laughs> Elijah Mitchell getting and putting carries with Christian McCaffrey is to keep him healthy down the stretch obviously Christian McCaffrey's biggest worry is, um, so as they get later on in the season and they're in big games do you think it's going to switch over to Christian McCaffrey or do you think this is legitimate and even in the playoffs that they're going to try and, and split it between two guys? Yeah, with Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's traded midseason. He's got injury concerns, but on the flip side, so is Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, the running backs behind them is like what Kyle Juszczyk, who's really a fullback. Um, I think it's trying to keep them both healthy. So I think this is going to be something we're just going to see throughout the season. I don't think it's going to change um, as the season goes on. All right. Well, that completes our uh, recap from last week. So I know Dana has some questions themed for this week, and uh, I always enjoy these, so I can hardly wait. Dana, take it away. Awesome. Thank you for the floor. Um, So just a few that I just uh, a few things that I want to go over. You know, we talked about, um, of course, it's Thanksgiving. So um, this week's themes are going to be Thanksgiving and food and feast related. but, you know, it's the it's one of my favorite holidays. You get to, you know, hang out with your family and your friends um, and you get to watch football. So the, the first one is not necessarily fantasy related, um, but this one's called Friends, Family, Fantasy Football. So what is your absolute favorite part of Thanksgiving? And also, you know, if they have teams that play on Thanksgiving every year, uh, who's your favorite team to watch every year? Um, I'll start it off. And my favorite part of Thanksgiving is the, you know, having everybody get together. Because it's not often does not often can we have that due to you know people's growing up and lives and us being adults and having to do other things. But it is nice to you know get together with family and and hang out with them. Um, my favorite team to watch every year, I would have to say Dallas. Um, you know they look really good this past game. You know this past week as we talked about against the Vikings, but they've always been a fun team to watch. Jerry Jones puts out uh, a, a good team out there, especially for Thanksgiving. Uh, Timmy, what about you? Yeah, I think my favorite part about Thanksgiving is football and spending time with family and just stuffing my face. Um, one team that I really enjoy watching is the Lions, partly because I feel like for some reason on Thanksgiving, the Lions just bring in ex- something extra and they, they tend to play a little bit harder. And plus, they play at 1230, so I feel like I'm still not comatose from the food. So that's one of the games I actually pay attention to. <laughs> for, for sure. Colin, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, those are really the big two teams that play on Thanksgiving. But uh, what I like about Thanksgiving the most, I always tell uh, my students uh, and everyone that asks, it's my favorite holiday of the year. It's because there's three F's, right? It's family, it's food, and it's football. Um, And it's just a day where you get to relax and hang out and and do the things that you love with the people that you love um, and just kind of reflect on how thankful you are for your life and what's going on and, you know, of course, watch some good football. So this year, just to be different from you guys, not to pick the Cowboys or the Lions, I'm going to say whatever the primetime game is. And and this year it's uh, New England and the, the Vikings. So I'm really excited for that game. Uh, I, I'm kind of with Timmy. I, I want to see if the Vikings are legit. And if they can uh, put up good numbers against a legit defense like the Patriots, then, then maybe we'll have to change our attitude about the Vikings. And, you know, maybe we'll just chalk up their big loss to the, the Cowboys as a, as a fluke. Yeah. And uh, before, you know, we go on to the next one, um, I'm just curious, um, are you guys, let's say you guys had the New England defense um, for this primetime game against Minnesota. Are you, you know, we talked about them being the number one ranked fantasy defense. If you have them, are you starting them against Minnesota after that performance they had last week against Dallas, or are you shying away from them? Uh, Just a quick, Colin, what do you think? I'm definitely starting them because it's primetime Kirk Cousins, and primetime Kirk Cousins equals bad performance. So with their talent, I think they're a legitimate defense, and the fact that Kirk Cousins has got to perform on on prime time, I'm actually picking New England to win. Awesome, Timmy. What about you? Are you confident in the New England defense this week against Minnesota? Yeah, this is a question in our dynasty league that I actually have that I've been contemplating myself because um, I do have the Patriots, and I feel comfortable enough to put them in there that they're going to be able to produce. Uh, like Colin said, Kirk Cousins at prime time is not very good so um plus the fact that the patriots seem like they're very elite on defense i'd feel comfortable doing it not to yeah justin jefferson supposedly has a turf toe injury that he's dealing with he's trying to fight through it right now but definitely tell last week that even though the vikings were not clicking on any cylinders that he was not himself um so something to watch out for over the next few weeks absolutely um you know we talked about we, we talked about what we were thankful for. So this next, uh, this next one is I'm thankful for. And uh, who are you thankful for drafting this year? Um, who helped you climb to the playoffs? Who are you just glad that you drafted? Um, me, I might be no shock, but I am not in the playoffs. Me and Timmy uh, battled for last place, and we're going to be <laughs> battling in the playoffs this week just for fun. There's no winner. The winner or loser gets nothing out of this. Um, but who am I thankful for? I'd probably have to say Ramondre Stevenson. Um, where I drafted him as opposed to how he's performing has been absolutely, you know, wonderful. Um, he's done everything that I've needed him to do in the, you know, I've only won twice and two and nine, but he's been an elite performer. And as I mentioned, you know, weekly on the podcast, he's somebody that going forward in, in our keeper league of three players, I might consider keeping him if he continues this production because it's, you know, a top 10 running back, um, I'm all for it. Uh, Timmy, what what player did you draft are you thankful for? Yeah, so I'd like to say Ramondre Stevens is, an, is just a beast, and I am I really think you should keep him because if you don't, I might take him at the first overall. <laughs> Number one? <laughs> yeah, I think he's that good. But uh, like you said, Dana, we're not in the playoffs. But uh, I do going into this season, I was going to have a rough time at receiver. So I kind of went with a couple different rookie receivers to see which one would pan out. 
And the one that did was Chris Olave. And I'm really excited about him going forward in the future. I think he's going to be one of my keepers this year. Yeah, definitely. We talked about him and, you know, I love the Saints. And even with Michael Thomas out there, the amount of targets and uh, production he was giving, it was still fantasy. He was still fantasy relevant, which you were really happy for. And that's what you want to see. Um, Cause you know, like we, like in, um, in Miami and a few other places, having two elite receivers, they can, they can play off each other and work well. Uh, Colin, who did you draft that you are thankful for? And you are in the playoffs. So. Yeah. So first I want to say I'm very thankful that our, our league has eight playoff teams because I did get the seventh seed. Uh, so in most standard formats, I would also be out of the playoffs this year. Um, but a big reason that I even made it that far is that I took a chance on Tua this year. Uh, lots of people in our draft room were like, why would you take Tua? He's just, he can't throw. He's got this deep target guy now in Tyreek Hill, but he's not even going to be able to give him the ball. And I was like, just relax, guys. I'm taking him as my backup quarterback. And now, frankly, I don't even remember who I drafted as my starter because Tua has been my starter ever since he returned from his concussions. Um, I actually considered dropping him during the concussion spells. Uh, I'm glad that I held on to him because he's been so elite for me. Um, and I'm hoping that he continues to put up big performances uh, heading into the playoffs. And maybe I can pull an upset off uh, with Jamar Chase coming back um, from health issues, as well as Mark Andrews coming back from his midseason health issues. You put those two guys together with Tua, anything's possible. For sure, that offense looks amazing. And Colin, you drafted Dak Prescott to be oh. your uh, your starter before you traded him away. That is correct. <clears throat> um, you know, uh, the next one, and then I want to get into the big part of, of what I wanted to do this week. Um, this one is called Gobble, Gobble, Gobble. Gobble, 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 Gobble. So this, this upcoming week, um, what matchup for your fantasy team, whether it's your quarterback versus team, your running back versus team, anything like that, um, who do you think on your team is going to score you the most points? Um, and for me, um, you know, I'm not sure yet, so I will let Colin go first. Colin, who do you think is going to score you the most points? Yeah, first person that came to my mind, uh, I'm going to stick with the theme of the Miami Dolphins offense, and that is uh, Jeff Wilson, Jr., um, I really have had a tough time at running back here. You know, Timmy talked about Kareem Hunt earlier in the podcast. He was really someone that I was banking on being, you know, kind of that yin and yang with Nick Chubb. And he just has not produced or performed. You know, I, I've really struggled to to put legitimate starting running backs out there. And I took, I, I took a chance on Jeff Wilson when he was traded to the Miami Dolphins. I said, what? Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy and, you know, he knows this uh, coach well because they, they've already worked together in San Francisco. So let me take a chance on Jeff Wilson. And he's been dominant the last few weeks. And it seems like he's taken over as the starting back there. And Mostert's kind of been his sidekick. Um, and they go against Houston this week, who Dana mentioned earlier in the podcast is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. So, for our two-week matchups and, and playoffs, I'm really banking on Jeff Wilson getting, you know, over 100 yards and a touchdown this week. Um, so that's, I'm hoping that he gobbles gobbles up that Houston defense. Hey, I was hoping that the Washington backs would do that because I started Brian Robinson last week. So hopefully for your sake, Jeff Wilson does that. Timmy, what about you? Who's going to feast this week? 
You know, I think this is kind of an easy answer for me. <clears throat> Devontae Adams, I think, is going to go beast mode once again. It seems like the only way the Raiders are going to stay relevant in a game is making sure Devontae Adams plays a big part in, in their offensive scheme. So as long as they keep feeding him the ball, just literally all Derek Carr has to do is just throw downfield and hope Devontae's somewhere in that area. So I think he's going to have a big game this week. Not that it matters. I mean, we're fighting for last place anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in one of my other leagues, because since we are fighting for last place, um, you know, just to, for me to stay relevant, um, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, and I'm going to say Kenneth Walker, the third. Um, and we've talked about him ad nauseum on the, on the podcast previously and how much we liked him. They had a bye week last week. Um, but against Las Vegas, I think that if this Seattle, if this Seattle offense keeps cooking like they have been with, with Gino, I think Kenneth Walker can do the same and really, really feast on them. Um, they're ranked 29th in defense or fantasy points against opposing running backs, meaning they score the the third most of any position or the position does against them. So I really hope that he scores me the most points, and that's who I'm really banking on. <clears throat> So um, what I wanted to what I wanted to get to is I I would like to do a, a little bit of a preview of the playoff matchups in our league. Um, so you know because we have a few people in our league uh, like Saxon and a few other people that actually listen to our podcast. So I would like to review the the matchups and you know just kind of talk a little bit briefly about um, you know what we think about them and who we think is going to win, who we think star players are, maybe if there's lineup adjustments at this point that we would do. Um, so we're going to go with the first seed to start, the first seed versus the eighth seed in the playoffs. And that is going to be Matt Lubinsky in our league versus um, TJ McIver. Um, and I'll just, what I'll do is, is I'll go through the, the lineups for each um, and just, you know, kind of, just kind of want to open the floor and see what you guys think and where you guys are heads at on, on it. Um, so Matt is currently projected at 129. His starting lineup looks as such. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones is the two backs. His wide receivers he got from me, Jalen Waddle and Justin Jefferson. Uh, tight end, Dalton Schultz. Flex spot, Keenan Allen. Chiefs D and Graham Gano. <clears throat> TJ is running Justin Herbert, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore, George Kittle. Kenyon Drake at the flex, the Dolphins defense, and Evan McPherson. Um, so I really like Matt's team this year, and he went from being last in the division, first pick overall last year, to now being first in the entire league. Um, his team has really, really panned out for him, and, you know, I'm, re re I'm really glad to see. Um, but the overall matchup, just by looking at it, I, I feel as though, um, you know, TJ did just, beat, um, did just beat Matt last week. And now they play another two weeks in a row. So they'll play three weeks total against each other. Um, but just from a, from on paper, I really like the way um, Matt's team looks. I think that they have the potential to score anywhere from 150 to 160 points if they all play well. Um, what are you guys thinking about this matchup? Yeah, I'll start. Um, you know, Matt is one of the biggest smack talkers in our league. Um, it's, it's really fun to have him in the league. He's one of my best friends for a long time. Um, you know, and he, he's had a rough go of it the last few years. So the fact that he's going in the playoffs, number one seed, 
kind of I, I feel like the pressure's kind of on him because he's expected to win. He's got Jalen Hurts at quarterback who's been dominant. But honestly, over the last few weeks, it seems like teams have tried to figure out the Eagles and uh Hertz has not performed as well as he typically would. Um, plus, I just mentioned earlier the Justin Jefferson uh, turf toe injury might limit Justin Jefferson moving forward. And Nick Chubb has really struggled over the last few weeks for the Cleveland Browns. So not that I'm trying to rag on Matt's team. Obviously, the players that he has are, are dominant. And if they perform to their full potential, he is going to, to run away with, with not only this playoff matchup, but you know he's the number one seed for a reason. He could potentially win the league with this kind of lineup. But it seems like TJ's team is, is catching fire at the right time. Justin Herbert seems to be uh, trending in the right direction. His wide receivers are coming back. Um, Christian McCaffrey with the trade to San Francisco has really uh, seen an uptick in his stock. And one player you didn't mention, I don't think he's put him into his starting lineup yet, and that's Kenneth Walker, uh, someone that you just mentioned as well. So definitely uh, for me, TJ has the better running backs in this matchup, uh, even with Dick Chubb, especially in a PPR format. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really close. It's going to come down to can Jalen Hurts reclaim his early season form and can Justin Jefferson go off for a big performance in one of these two weeks? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's really going to be dependent on how Justin Jefferson responds to that turf toe injury and whether or not Jalen Hurts can, you know, play through uh, the way defenses are targeting him now. But like you said, Ken Walker not being in TJ's lineup is really head scratchy to me because he's got Kenyon Drake in his flex. I'm thinking maybe that's a mistake or maybe he hasn't seen it or something because Ken Walker is elite right now. I would put him as the RB2 right now next to McCaffrey. Um, TJ's receivers are a little bit worrisome. Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore. But he does have George Kittle as a tight end, which I think can make up for some of the shortcomings of those receivers. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than the projected score shows. Not to mention that, uh, TJ also has Justin Herbert, who's getting back Keenan Allen and Michael Williams for the, or Mike Williams for the second week in a row. So I think uh, Herbert's in for a big game this week. Yeah, I would agree. I think that that matchup will be will be very fun to watch. Um, I didn't get the chance because I was kind of trying to go kind of quickly to view um, TJ's full lineup, so I didn't realize he did have Kenneth Walker. But um, with that, even just taking out Kenyon Drake and putting him in could make a will make a huge difference. Um, so the winner of that between Matt and TJ will play the winner of this next matchup, which is Saxon, who was previously on the podcast, and Chris, who will be on the podcast at at some point when he is available. Um, just a very quick rundown um, of the team because I don't want to take too long on each team with me going through the rundowns. But uh, Dak Prescott for Chris's team, we got Dak Prescott, Austin Eckler, James Conner, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Cole Komet, Terry McLaurin at the flex, the 49ers D, and Brett Maher. I really, really like that team. I think that that's a great um, – I think that's a great lineup. He does have Gabe Davis and Tony Pollard both on the bench. So bench. So uh, he's got a lot of decisions to make, especially off of last week uh, with Tony Pollard being as elite as he was. So I will be very excited to see that, uh, to see what his lineup looks like, because that's a really, really nice, nice lineup on paper. Um, He's going against uh, Saxon, who again was on the previous podcast. 
Um, Saxon made a lot of really big trades this past year, like last year and this year to help his team rise. Um, he got Derrick Henry last year, so he kept him. Uh, his lineup looks like Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, Raheem Mostert, who's currently questionable. Um, Colin talked about having Jeff Wilson Jr., so um, that might that may and will take value from Raheem Mostert. So that would be a question mark that I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking at. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely love him, my absolute favorite player. And Timmy mentioned he's he's an elite player uh, for fantasy. Tyler Lockett, Jawan Johnson, I mentioned him. Uh, he mentioned George Pickens, which he's starting the Colts D. Against Pittsburgh, not bad. And Justin Tucker. Um, Saxon's been plagued with injuries this, this past this past little bit. I traded him Darren Waller, expecting Darren Waller to play. He went on IR. Um, Colin got Colin traded him Clyde Edwards Alaire, CEH, and now he's on IR. Gus Edwards is questionable. Um, so he's plagued a little bit by injuries. So I, this matchup, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch. Um, I think Chris is going to do really well. I really like his team. And the projection at 132 without even having Pollard in there is absolutely insane. Uh, Timmy, you go first. What are your thoughts about this this matchup? Yeah, yeah, I think Chris's team is one scary, scary team to go against. There's at just so six many and people five. that pop off. I know. I think that's – yeah, his record is probably not indicative of how good that team really is. Tyree Kill and A.J. Brown, uh, I mean – they could give you 30 points each any given game. Same thing with Austin Eckler. <clears throat> um, Tara McLaurin is currently in the flex spot instead of Tony Pollard. That's an interesting choice. Um, I think Tony Pollard probably has more upside, but the New York Giants defense is pretty good, so who knows? Um, yeah, like you said, Saxon's team is just plagued with injuries. Looking through that uh, – Looking through his bench is rough. There's so many good players on there, but they're just all injured. They could really play a big part. Um, with that being said, Pat Mahomes, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins could really lead him into a good, strong week one playoff start. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, um, Saxon also has Javante Williams on IR. I forgot to mention that. So he's got CEH, Darren Waller, and Javante Williams, who are all doing well this year um injured uh colin what do you think about this matchup yeah i completely agree with you guys that chris his record is definitely not uh reflected in his roster his roster is very well constructed i know that chris is constantly looking to the waiver wire he's constantly uh texting me week to week grades and things like that he knows that i'm always in for that um, including Dak Prescott as starting quarterback. I couldn't remember who I drafted this year. That's who I drafted, and I traded him to Chris. Um, so definitely well-constructed. I'm going to go a little controversial here on his his lineup, and I know Timmy's going to disagree with me. I'm not a James Conner fan. You know, if I'm looking at James Conner, uh, kind of injury-plagued throughout the season, yes, he gets uh, a lot of carries over the last two weeks. He's had 21 carries and 14 carries. But, I mean, you're looking at his production, 16 points, 7 points, 8 points, 10 points, 7 points. That's not the kind of production that you want from a R2, um, especially someone that you drafted so high. I'm with Timmy in terms of Tony Pollard needs to go into this lineup somewhere. But I'm actually benching James Conner, and I'm putting Tony Pollard in position. I like Terry McLaurin. I think him and Taylor Heineke have a really good connection. And going against Atlanta, I think uh, Terry McLaurin could be in for a touchdown. I I, just, I know James Conner, you put a ton of 
capital into them. So you want to start them, but yeah, whether it's benching Terry McLaurin or it's benching James Conner, Tony Pollard based on his last few weeks has got to be in there. Um, and then in terms of Saxon's team, I've kind of same thing where I think Raheem Mostert because of Jeff Wilson has really taken a step back and now got a questionable tag. If um, Gus Edwards, a player that we haven't mentioned that's on Saxon's bench, if he's healthy this week, I would start him at Jacksonville. Um, this is someone that when he is healthy, he's kind of their lead back. Obviously, when J.K. Dobbins is also out, which I think he's ex- suspected to be out for a couple more weeks still. Um, so it really comes down to to health and who has the bigger upside. And to me, I think as long as Jeff Wilson's in Miami, um, if Gus Edwards is healthy and he's starting, I would be starting him um, over Raheem Mostert. But Saxon's got to rely on Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry getting him 30 points each both weeks in order to have a chance in this matchup, in my opinion. And that is definitely possible with that elite talent at the running back and the quarterback. Uh, Let's go to the next matchup, and that is going to be Ryan against uh, Elijah's team. Um, Elijah was not present for the draft, so um, we actually, you know, as a collective unit, drafted his team for him, essentially. And by golly, they pan out really, really, really well. He's got a few few things to think about this week. I'll start with his team because it's very exciting. Um, he's got Joe Burrow, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Stephon Diggs, T. Higgins, TJ Hawkinson. At the flex, he's got Mike Evans, Ravens D, and Daniel Carlson. Um, I think his team is also one of the scarier teams. Um, on the bench, and, you know, he might make adjustments, but who do you take out? He's got David Montgomery. And then the other question is, you know, if Justin Fields plays with the, with the injury tag, you're probably not playing. You're probably not as confident playing him. But if he plays and he's going to play against the Jets, you know, that's kind of a tough decision because you've got Joe Burrow or um, Justin Fields. Uh, Vadini's team, I made a few, uh, few trades with Vadini this year. Um, his team is, is, has looked good at times and other teams has, times has not been too great. Um, Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, both – top performers uh Deontay Foreman who's really come you know besides this past week has really come to his own being the lead back there in um Carolina Debo Samuel always a great start Deontay Johnson as I talked about earlier in that offense he's not looking really like himself he's not getting the ball as much as expected um Tyler Higby at, at tight end Rondale Moore who's currently questionable probably not going to play this week so that'll be a lineup adjustment which I assume he's going to put in probably a DK Metcalf um, then you've got the commanders defense in Cairo Santos. Um, his bench consists of big names being Ezekiel Elliott and uh, DK Metcalf. Um, I, I think that this matchup will be a little bit closer than, than it, it, it it's going to project unless um, Elijah's team plays to their full potential, as we talked about with like Matt's team and, and Chris's team um, just on paper, Elijah's team looks absolutely scary. Stefan Diggs and T Higgins, and Mike Evans, TJ Hawkinson, as Timmy talked about earlier, his team looks really, really, really scary. Um, but, you know, he is eight and three, so he has gotten good weeks and, you know, a few duds. But I really like Elijah's team. Uh, what do you guys think? Colin, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Elijah wins the trophy this year. Um, I, oh. think, I think his team is the most complete team. And it's ironic that, yes, his team was auto drafted. Um, by the league so you can never question our league integrity we 
we definitely gave him the best player on the board. And I don't know if it tells us that uh, maybe we should just auto draft or if uh, <laughs> we just were picking all the wrong guys because he's got a stack lineup and even his bench um, is, is going to be make him have some difficult decisions. Like you said, if I'm him, I'm starting Joe Burrow. It's not even a question to me. Yes, Justin Fields has had some big, big weeks, but he's not healthy. And even if he starts, I don't think they're going to want him to run the way that he has been running the last few weeks. Joe Burrow's coming off a huge performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going against Tennessee. I think this is going to be another shootout um, just because I think Derrick Henry is going to go off and I think Joe Burrow is going to have to go off. So I'm starting him for sure. And then uh, I would make some adjustments if I was Vidini, in all honesty. Um, I don't think Deontay Johnson is worth starting, uh, especially against the Indianapolis Colts secondary. Uh, actually pretty solid. I would put DK Metcalf in there um, for sure over Deontay Johnson. And then obviously, as you mentioned, Rondell Moore is, is got a questionable tag. Does not seem like he is going to be fully healthy if he does go in this game. So then you got the question of, do you put Ezekiel Elliott in there after his two touchdown performance? You got to make that decision soon because he plays tomorrow at 430. Um, or do you go for like a Darnell Mooney and, and hope that because Justin Fields is not going to be running as much that, uh, he's going to have to throw more. And it does seem like he has this connection with Darnell Mooney. If I'm him, I'm putting Zeke in that flex spot and uh, hoping that Deontay Foreman can uh, go back to his uh, big 30 touches um, over a hundred some yards against the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night, a couple weeks ago. So in my opinion, unless Josh Allen reclaims his early season form and he's scoring 30-plus points a week and Joe Mixon has another you know, five-touchdown game, uh, I think that Elijah's going to kind of run away with this matchup. <clears throat> yeah, Timmy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is going to be a tough week for Ryan. Um, I'm not convinced Joe Mixon plays this week with the concussion he suffered. And if he doesn't, then looking at his lineup, Zeke has to go in there, but I would have put him in as the flex as well, and I would have taken Deontay Johnson out for DK Metcalf. And then you're in a tough spot. Do you want to play Darnell Mooney against the Jets defense with like Sauce Gardner? That's I just don't see Darnell Mooney having a good game either. Um, maybe pivot to like a Traylon Burks, Burks and hope that it's a shootout like you guys were saying. Uh, really tough decisions there all around on Ryan's team. Uh, for Elijah, another, yeah, this is a star-studded team. I will say, though, that I would probably take, if he's playing, I would take Justin Fields over Joe Burrow. Just because, if you look at the stats, last week Joe Burrow had 355 yards and four touchdowns. That resulted in 26 points. Justin Fields had probably half that production, and he got 22 points. So if Justin Fields just continues to run the ball even if he doesn't take a lot of hits, he can still get 70, 80 yards and just get into the end zone. He's going to be able to put up a lot of points, whereas Joe Burrow is going to have to do it all through the air. He's a pocket passer. He just doesn't have as much upside as Justin Fields, even with his injury. So I would take Justin Fields there if he plays. Outside of that, I love all his decisions. The only one I would possibly think about is maybe putting David Montgomery in there somewhere. The question is, who do you take out um, right now? I don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to get it done week to week. He hasn't really showed much so far. So it's an option there. Um, I wouldn't take Josh Jacobs out because he's just 
he's been too good this year. Tough decisions, but overall, I think his team's just going to explode either way. I don't think that one player is going to make too much of a difference. Yeah, I, I agree with both of your guys' points on both the teams. I really like Justin Fields, as I talked about, you know, before he started blowing up. So I want a little bit of credit for talking about him, you know, giving him a little bit of praise. Um, yeah, that, you know, I like David Montgomery a lot. I have him in a dynasty. I have him in our dynasty league. But, you know, the the price you paid for Kamara in a second round, first, first second or third round pick, um, you know, it's kind of hard to, to put him on the bench, just like, you know, you with Jonathan Taylor. It's just kind of hard to put somebody of that elite talent on the bench because you just never know when they're going to go off. Like a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, when Kamara put up 30 or 40 fantasy points, and that's, you know, that'll be the week that you put him on the bench. <clears throat> the last matchup involves our one and only Colin Curtis, and I think that this will be a fun matchup um, because it is – between Colin and Sobe, who's been on the podcast multiple times. Um, <clears throat> I'll start with Colin's starting lineup. He's got two, as he mentioned, Jeff Wilson Jr., Damien Harris, Jamar Chase with a question mark, Darius Slayton, Mark Andrews, Paris Campbell, the Bucks D, Jason Myers. Um, Sobe on the other side has Kyler Murray, who is going to, who is projected to play this week, Dalvin Cook, Jamal Williams, who's been an absolute stud, uh, C.D. Lamb. I like C.D. Lamb a lot. We talked about him. Juju, who is currently a uh, question mark. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Christian Kirk, who he obtained from Colin. The Saints D and Harrison Butker. Um, honestly, uh, on, on paper, I do like both of these teams. Oh, real, someone going to say something? Yeah, real quick. Before you guys tear my team apart, uh, <laughs> I I have the weakest team in the playoffs. I know that. I'm recognizing that. I'm not proud of this team by any means. Um, a few weeks ago, I did <laughs> trade away some assets to to try and get some draft capital back early on in the season. I did trade for Leonard Fournette. That didn't pan out. I traded for Javante Williams. He literally tore his ACL the next week. Um, so I recognize that my team is not uh, a, a playoff-worthy team. Um, so before you tear it apart, I just want to say that point. <laughs> no, no problem. So, hey, since we're talking about your team, let's talk about your team. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, you made a few a few big trades to get rid of a few people, get rid of a few draft picks to obtain Cooper Cup. And, you know, not saying you went into, you know, a panic mode or necessarily rebuild. Um, but I don't think, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that you thought you were going to be in this kind of situation to be able to make the playoffs like the way you did. And, and to potentially compete to go forward as our, our reigning champion and our commissioner. Um, you know, if Cooper Cup doesn't go down, this matchup looks a little bit different with having, you know, your heads being Tua, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Mark Andrews. You're obviously super happy with that if you could. Um, but with him going down in IR, you know, it makes things a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, I don't in, – in comparison to other, other teams personally, um, I don't hate your team. Um, I think they're okay. I, I'm a little skeptical on Damian Harris, as we talked about Ramondre. I think he just just taken over that role. But you know, um, if um, excuse me, if Joe Mixon is out, um, honestly, I would consider swapping Damian Harris for Samaji Piran just because of that offense being better and wow. him being him being the lead back at that point. Um, other than that, I do like Paris Campbell. Um, he's obviously not your elite tight end, um, but you know. <sighs> 
it's kind of hard to want to play Brandon Cooks over him only because, you know, Brandon Cooks did all right last week. He had 10 points on the dot. Um, but maybe maybe with the the change of, of, of head at the quarterback position, having Kyle Allen, maybe that sparks a, a little bit of fire under Brandon Cooks' butt in the team and they really get it together against Miami, whose defense has not been – all that outstanding. Obviously the offense is great. So this matchup in order for them to even come back, they're going to have to throw um, who knows how well or effect efficient they're going to be. But that is one thing that, um, you know, to, to consider um, Sobe's team. I, I like Sobe's team personally. I think Jamal Williams exploded for him and he looks great. Uh, I think he's going to do that again Thursday, especially with the way that they, it looks like they're playing uh, Deandre Swift's health. Um, he just, you know, they're probably trying to save him because they know Jamal Williams is a little bit older. He's not their franchise back. And with the record that you're at with the Lions, you you don't want to risk that. Um, so, but I think that that's a really good, I think Sobe has a very solid team. And of course we talk about tight ends all the time. These two tight ends being one and two, uh, this is, that, it's a fun tight end match. You know, Travis Kelsey this past week, just, just to show anybody who's new to fantasy or anything, the tight end difference, Travis Kelsey put up 35 or so fantasy points. 35. That was more than just about any other player, including quarterbacks. It's just when you get that kind of production from a tight end from like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, you're almost guaranteed to win your week as long as your team does average. You know, 35 points is a lot from that position. So um, I really like Sobe's team. I think it's very well-rounded. Um Brandon Ayuk um, had two touchdowns. He's somebody that's on Sobey's bench that's not bad. Cam Akers might get the lead role now, so his value could change. Um, I, I think Sobey's team is – is sorry, Colin. I think Sobey's team is going to win this matchup um, throughout the two weeks, but um, I don't think that your team is slouchy, and I do think you definitely stand a chance. Um, so I'll save you for last on your team. Uh, Timmy, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, so I agree on some of the – things that you mentioned I don't really I'm not a big fan of Damian Harris right now it seems like his role is starting to diminish he's going to be really touchdown dependent he's not getting the receptions um, so something to watch there if Joe Mixon is out maybe think about putting Samaje Pirine there um, Jamar Chase is another one if he plays this week I think he'll have a good game if not you know I'm looking through this lineup I'm trying to think who I would put in there um, yeah it might force your hand by putting Brandon Cooks in there, but I wouldn't feel good about it. I have a bad feeling in my stomach while I put him in, in my lineup, but it's just one of those things you got to look out for. Um, Paris Calville, I actually don't hate this move because Pittsburgh has TJ Watt back. I feel like they're going to be rushing Matt Ryan and they're going to be getting to him pretty quickly. So he's going to have to think about, you know, passing the ball pretty quickly. Paris Campbell is going to be the guy that's going to catch those quick slants. So I could see him getting a pretty decent um, target number from this game and obviously with mark andrews i feel like he's more of your receiver one two status so with paris campbell that's i think of him as more as like a tight end position here so it could make up the difference there um for Sobe's team kyler murray if he plays um obviously that's going to be a start looking at his other two quarterbacks if kyler doesn't play again um I don't know. I'd probably lean towards Jimmy Garoppolo right now over Aaron Rodgers just because Aaron Rodgers played against Philadelphia and Jimmy Garoppolo's coming off a huge game. He's got all his weapons back. Um, but yeah, Jamal Williams, yeah, he's a must start at this point. I think he's going to have another great week. CD Lamb, another great player. Juju Smith-Schuster, um, that's another guy. I'm, 
I don't know if he's going to be playing this week. If he does, I'd feel comfortable putting him in there. Interesting thing here is he's got both Juju and Travis Kelsey competing for receptions in the same lineup. <laughs> is that something you guys feel comfortable doing, having two players from the same team in your lineup? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go first, Colin. Um, I, I, it really depends on the players. Um, like in that situation, um, no, I'm not a huge fan of it being, you know, Travis Kelsey and Juju. Obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey I'm completely fine with. But if let's just say, for example, um, you know, I wouldn't draft this way, but let's say Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill fell to me, um, you know, I would be confident starting those two or a Jamar Chase T Higgins kind of combo. I would be. Um, but that particular combination, um, not not a personal preference of mine, just because I'm not a huge believer in Juju. Um, I really never have been. His numbers aren't looking too terrible for the season, um, but it's just a personal preference. Yeah, in my opinion, and this isn't even a biased opinion, I, I would bench Juju this week, in all honesty, whether or not he starts or not. And, and I think Brandon Ayuk is the guy that's on you know Stobie's bench that I would slot in there. As Timmy mentioned earlier, it does seem like he has a good connection with Jimmy Garoppolo. Does seem to be the uh, the red zone target. Um, going against the Saints this week, I think there's too many weapons in that San Francisco offense to mark that. You know, Brandon Ayuk sometimes gets overlooked, and he's the one that ends up getting the production. So, I I would personally start Brandon Ayuk over uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and that kind of alleviates that issue of having two Kansas City pass catchers in your in your lineup. For sure. Uh, Timmy, anything else you want to add about either teams before we uh, get Colin's opinion? No, I think that was really it. Um, I will say I think Sylvie over a two-week span probably takes this, but you never know. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Colin. It's going to be a tough playoff. <laughs> hey, play, but... hey totally. it's fantasy football. You know, they say just like, just like they say in regular football, any given Sunday, anything can happen. You just never know. Uh, Colin. Let's hear it as the reigning defending champion and commissioner of the league. How are you feeling about this matchup? And tell me about it. Yeah, in all honesty, uh, you know, nothing against Sobe, but I was actually ecstatic that I got Sobe in, in the in the matchup instead of Elijah. Like I said, I think Elijah uh, is probably going to win the league this year. I think his team is just absolutely stacked. Uh, and I do really think that there is an avenue for my team everything has to go well I mean I, I'm not trying to say that my team is better than Sobeys by no means our records reflect that um, I know that I, I'm realistic about where my team is at at this point which is why I started to, to flash sale some of my guys to get some draft capital for next year um, but in all honesty when I got the Cooper Cup deal like you mentioned Dana I, I legitimately thought wow I could have Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews who could all potentially get 20, 25-plus points on a weekly basis um, in my lineup, plus Tua, who's been getting 20 to 25 points. So I saw a, a route for me to, to make a run in the playoffs, and I, I still see that route, but everything has to work out for me. And not only does everything have to work out for me, everything's got to work against. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at Kyler Murray, as Timmy mentioned. He's nursing hamstring injury. It's their bye week next week by the way. So he's only going to get a maximum of one week of Kyler Murray this, uh, in our matchup. Um, and I don't even think Kyler's going to play this week. He was a full participant in practice today. 
So he's no longer listed as questionable. But I honestly think that they might bench him this week to keep him healthy for sure so they can try and make a push later on down the road. Colt McCoy has been serviceable enough. At least that's what I'm crossing my fingers and hoping because I know that uh, whether he ends up starting Aaron Rodgers or he ends up starting Jimmy Garoppolo, they don't have the upside uh, that Kyler Murray has simply because of Kyler Murray's mobile um, stats that he's able to put up. Dalvin Cook, as Timmy mentioned earlier, has kind of been shaky as well. He's going against New England on Thursday night on a short week um, against a really stout defense. I'm hoping that he has a bad performance. Jamal Williams going against Buffalo and just shut down Nick Chubb and just shut down Kareem Hunt. Um, so I'm hoping again that Jamal Williams has a bad week. CeeDee Lamb coming off a bad performance against the Vikings. Yes, they were up big and they didn't need to use them as much. But going against the Giants, it's an in-division rivalry on a Thursday. So I'm just kind of going down the list of his players and seeing, you know, kind of the cons that are coming out and saying potentially I have a route to, uh, you know, having a bad performance from Sobe. Um, obviously, you get the Travis Kelsey and you just have to, to deal with whatever he puts up. And he's been putting up touchdowns after touchdowns. But uh, if everyone else struggles – there's there's a there's a route for me to have a, a good week this week in terms of Sobe having a bad week. I go over to my team. Tua's going against Houston. I'm hoping that they just blow him out. Jeff Wilson's going against Houston. I hope they run, 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 run a lot with Jeff Wilson. Damian Harris, again, like you guys mentioned, I don't want to start him. If Joe Mixon is out, Samaji P. Ryan is starting. Um, you know, so I have to make that call because Damian Harris plays tomorrow. Um, so, you know, I, that's why I picked up Samaji Pirine. Um, that's why I also picked up Dontrell Hilliard and James Cook because James Cook's coming off a really good week last week against the Browns. Dontrell Hilliard, you know, I, I really picked him up because I, I didn't know Derrick Henry, if he could stay healthy for a full season, you know, he's, he's had injury woes the last couple of years and, and really it was just a kind of a, on a whim, maybe Derrick Henry gets injured and Dontrell Hilliard immediately becomes a, a must start running back. Um, Jamar Chase, if he comes back, you know, I'm hoping for a 30 point performance. Yeah, I hope he balled. <laughs> Darius Slayton had 10 uh, targets last week. I think they're going to be down in this game to Dallas. They're going to have to throw a lot. I'm hoping that Darius Slayton uh, is on the end of those targets. Mark Andrews, hopefully he's finally healthy and he gets a touchdown or two for me this week. And, and Timmy took my thoughts exactly on Paris Campbell. You know, I'm hoping that they have to throw a lot in this game. Pittsburgh was just in a, a shootout last week with Cincinnati. So I'm kind of hoping the same thing happens here. Buccaneers defense going against Cleveland. I mean, that's a no-brainer for me. Um, and then, you know, I, I go to my bench and I look at people like Brandon Cooks. I don't trust them. I'm not starting them. Um, especially with Kyle Allen starting this week. You just have no idea what that's going to look like. But Curtis Samuel, someone that I traded for earlier on in the season, he um, he had a, a really hot start, uh, especially under Carson Wentz. He's kind of cooled off now um, under Taylor Heineke. So while you know Terry McLaurin has really picked up steam, Curtis Samuel's really dropped off. He had one reception last week, but he did salvage his week with a rushing touchdown of all things. Um, so he's kind of my last ditch. If I need to, to sub him in for one of these wide receivers, I will, but 
I agree with you guys. You know, the likelihood that all these guys don't perform up to their full potential is not high. And, uh, you know, I did not even expect to make the playoffs, let alone, you know, have an opportunity to even win. So I won't be too upset if I lose, but um, don't call me out just yet. I think there's an opportunity for me. There is definitely an avenue for me to maybe make an upset this first round. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would agree with you. Um, you know, one last quick question and then I'll uh, turn the horns back over to you. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the Damien Harris pick, um, having to decide by tomorrow evening, um, the inactives and actives list do not come out until 90 minutes prior to game time on Sunday. So that is when, um, the Cincinnati Bengals play. So, um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on, you know, swapping out uh, Damian Harris for Samaji Piran because that's my assumption as to what you do. Because I mean, that's what I personally would do if I was in that scenario, assuming Joe Mixon's out. Um, but once Damian Harris plays, you won't have a choice, and he's going to stay in there. So, um, what are what's your plan to you know check the management and things like that? Are you going to go by ESPN saying whether they think Mixon's going to play, or you know, what's your your thought on that? Yeah, my gut tells me with the new protocols that are in the NFL this year because of the Tua situation earlier on um, that Mixon's going to miss this week. And, and I think um, that the Bengals are going to want to be cautious with him moving forward if they have Super Bowl aspirations as they did last year. Um, so my my gut is telling Urine in there um, and kind of go with that and hope for the best. And if Samaji Pirine um, – ends up not being the starter and Joe Mixon does get time. I also have Dontrell Hilliard there that, you know, I could put in if I wanted to, but again, Samaji P Ryan coming off a hot week. I think you got to ride the hot hand, especially when you're the underdog in a playoff matchup, you kind of have to ride the, uh, the, the high potential, you know, the boom play rather than the, you know, I typically go the safe route. Damian Harris is definitely the safe pick. Um, but uh, Samaji P. Ryan definitely has more upside. So I'm probably going to switch that uh, as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you too. Uh, the last matchup is the matchup everybody cares about. That's the 11th seed versus the 12th seed, me versus Timmy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Colin, thank you so much for letting me uh, let me go forward. And, uh, you know, it being week one of the playoffs, I just really wanted to talk about the teams that were in it. Um, you know, we initially were going to have Chris on. Um, so, you know, I wanted to kind of get his input on the, on the playoffs as well, but I'm really glad Timmy was here to do so with me because, you know, now I don't feel like the only loser of the league. So, um, thank you for that, <laughs> Colin, go ahead and, uh, we'll go ahead and go forward. Yeah, absolutely. And just to wrap up this week, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, just want to look forward to some of the week 12 matchups and just get your guys's insight. Who do you think is going to win the game? And if there's anyone that, uh, fantasy-wise, you think is noteworthy to to mention. Uh, we got three Thursday games. Thankful for Thanksgiving. Uh, love Thanksgiving football. Of course, we got the Bills and the Lions at the Lions, as always. Um, I think the Bills, even though they're struggling right now, they're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I think you have to pick the Bills in this one. Yeah, that's such a huge line, nine and a half. Um, I picked the Bills to win, but I picked the Lions to cover that nine and a half. And Timmy. Yeah, I'll take Buffalo as well, but I think this will be a fun one to watch. Both offenses are pretty outstanding right now. 
Yeah, and talking about another big line, we got the uh, Giants and the Cowboys in uh, Dallas. A 10-point favorite the Dallas Cowboys are against the Giants. Uh, they're both 7-3, and three, but two teams that are trending in different directions. Um, Cowboys coming off their big win against the Vikings. Um, I think they continue to roll in this one. I don't know if the Giants win another game the rest of the year. I'm making that bold prediction right Ooh. now. I I really don't. I think they could finish the year 7-10. and 10. Um, But we shall see. Um, but definitely I think the Cowboys win this one in overwhelming fashion. Dana. I got to go with the Cowboys as well. Jimmy? Yeah, I'll go with Cowboys. Um, like you said, I think the Giants are a little bit overrated. But it is interesting right now. They're both fighting for second place in that division. And they're both seven and <laughs> For three. a wild card slot. Yeah. yeah, they'd be in first place in the AFC North. That's for sure. Uh, we got the Patriots and the Vikings in prime time tomorrow night. Minnesota is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, but uh, two teams coming off very different performances. Obviously, the Patriots and that nail-biter uh, walking it off with a punt return, um, and then the Vikings getting completely demolished by the Cowboys last week. It's primetime Kirk Cousins, and I said it earlier in the show. I think the Patriots win this game. I think it's pretty low scoring as well. Um, the over-under is 42. I'm taking the under in that one. Um, so I'm going Patriots in a close um, close game. Dana? Um, I, I don't like the Patriots' offense. I don't know if, I don't know if they're high-powered enough, and I think that Kirk Cousins is going to turn it around, even though I do want to pick the Patriots because I think that that defense is legitimate, and I think that they're – that defense could make them contenders. Um, I got to pick the Vikings. Timmy. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. Um, Just based off of how they played against the bills, um, seeing how they were able to move the ball against them. I, I can, I can envision a scenario where they can move the ball against this Patriots defense. Fast forwarding to Sunday, we got our hometown Cleveland Browns hosting the Tampa Bay years who are coming off of a bye week their trip to munich germany in which they defeated uh, the seattle seahawks um, tampa's a three and a half point favorite on the road i just think the browns are obviously direct seven um you know <laughs> I, I don't see any way that the browns win this game unfortunately i think tom brady balls out um I'm, I'm, i would start tom brady if you have him in your league i think uh, it's worth the start um, and any, you know, Buccaneers, typical wide receivers, the Chris Godwins, the Mike Evans. Um, so I'm going the Buccaneers in this one. Dana? I like the Bucks as well. I think that that win for, you know, even though they're 5-5, five and five, I think that win in Munich is a big stepping stone for Tom Brady. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to put on a performance going forward for the rest of the year. So I'm also going to pick the Bucks. Timmy? This seems like one of those games that the Browns are so obvious to lose that I'm actually going to pick them for this one. I don't know what it is. I just feel like Tom Brady's going to be big and slow in that um, in that backfield, and our defensive line with Miles Garrett is just going to chase him all day, and I think uh, that's going to hopefully lead to a Browns win. I sure hope you're right, Timmy. Uh, the next game, our AFC North rivals, the Bengals, they're taking on the Titans. Uh, in Nashville, Cincinnati's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, both teams coming off big wins last week. Titans beating the, the Packers on Thursday night. Bengals beating the, the Steelers in a shootout. 
I think uh, Joe Burrow is going to have too much firepower. I think Jamar Chase does come back in this game, or at least I am praying that he does for my fantasy playoff hopes. Um, so I'm I'm going Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Five touchdowns. Put it on Whoa. the board. It's happening. <laughs> Bengals. And I the fantasy playoffs because of it. Just kidding, but I do pick the Bengals. Dana. Yeah, I'm also going to pick the Bengals as well. Uh, I do not foresee five touchdowns to Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think, uh, Colin, I think that decision might be out of necessity, but you never know. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with Titans here. I think Derrick Henry is going to run the ball, and they're just going to burn a ton of clock, not give Joe Burrow a lot of time to to take the ball at his hands and, and make some magic. Fair enough. We got the Texans at Miami. Uh, Miami is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, the bookies don't even give the Texans a chance with Kyle Allen throwing the ball. Um, Damian Pierce is back home where he went to uh, Florida or Florida State. Which one did he go to? I think it was Florida. I think he was a Gator. But regardless, back to his, uh, his home college state and I think Tua and Tyreek just ball out, and uh, I, 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 they do spread here, and they uh, win by multiple touchdowns. Dana? Yeah, I would agree with you. I haven't seen anything from Houston that would make me say otherwise. I hope Damian Pierce has a big game because I'd like to see him in the future in the NFL because I think he's a really good back, but I just think the Dolphins are too good of a team to, to lose to the Texans. Timmy? Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins here as well. Texans rolling out a backup QB. I think it's going to be a big-time blowout. Bears at the Jets. Um, both teams coming off disappointing losses. Uh, Jets are a six-point favorite at home. One of the lowest over-unders of the week, 38-and-a-half. Justin Fields is questionable for this game, obviously with his shoulder injury. Um, and the Jets are rolling with Mike White at quarterback. So, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I would actually take the under on that 38-and-a-half points. Um, and I actually think the Bears are going to win this game. Uh, I think the Jets are, are kind of trending in the wrong direction. So I'm going to go Bears. Dana? <clears throat> if Justin Fields doesn't play here, this could be a very interesting game with two backup quarterbacks playing. Um, but assuming Justin Fields is going to play, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Bears as well. Timmy? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bears here as well. Um, assuming Justin Fields plays, I think his offensive prowess is just going to be too much, and I don't think Mike White can keep up. You don't have any faith in Trevor Simeon, the backup I quarterback? Do not. <laughs> Absolutely <Nope>. not. <laughs> no. Hey, interesting fact uh, on my favorite podcast that I listened to, he supported two 1,000-yard receivers when he was the starting quarterback in, in Denver. And that would have been, uh, oh, man, Let's see if I can remember who it was. Uh, Brandon Marshall and, oh, Demarius Thomas, maybe? Rest in peace. I think it might have been those two guys. Um, regardless, uh, whoever it was. Trevor Simeon, he could throw the ball. He could throw the ball. A little bit different of a quarterback than Justin Fields, obviously. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Falcons and Commanders, two teams that have kind of surprised in terms of uh, their production over the year. Um, this one's in Maryland. Uh, Washington is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Another low over-under at 41. 
Marcus Mariota continues to be put out there as a starting quarterback for the Falcons. It's going to be a close one, but I think Taylor Heineke and the and the Commanders continue to win. Um, so I'm going with Commanders at home. Dana. Um, yeah, I got to go with the Commanders as well. Um, the Falcons really haven't been playing as good as their record shows of being five and six. They've won a lot of close games. Um, I like Washington. I think their defense isn't bad, and I think that they'll be able to bottle up Marcus Mariota. Timmy? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Commanders here. I just think uh, Taylor Heineke leading the squad is is good for them, and they're honestly pretty fun to watch on offense right now. Yeah, and I will say the Falcons beat uh, Cleveland Browns, so they must be pretty good. I mean, they can beat the Cleveland Browns, and they must be good. I'm kidding. My favorite team to talk about, the Denver Broncos. They they take the road, and they go to Charlotte this week. They're a two-point favorite on the road. This is the lowest over-under of the week, and that is 36. Uh, and I honestly would take the under on this one as well because Panthers are pulling Sam Darnold. Uh, the Broncos, they just look horrendous. I think their coach fired this week because I'm picking the Panthers to win this game. I think Deontay Foreman gets back on track. Um, so I'm going Panthers in this one. Dana. Um, I'm going to say Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos put up at least 20 points this week. So I'm going to go with the Broncos because I don't think uh, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield will be able to, will be able to match that. Timmy? Dana, that's crazy, man. I was just thinking about whether or not the Broncos would be able to score 18 points in this game. And honestly, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers here. Sam Darnold hopefully gives them a spark. Yeah, and even if they do score 20 points, Dana, I still would take the under. I, I don't know. If <laughs> so uh, definitely going to be a scoring game. Not a very exciting one to watch. Ravens are uh, hitting the road as well. They're going down to Jacksonville. It's supposed to be 78 degrees at game time. I'm very jealous. That sounds wonderful. Baltimore is a four-point favorite on the road. Again, Lamar Jackson has really struggled the last few weeks. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do against this Jacksonville defense. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one, but I think it's going to be really close. Um, I think it could be kind of one of those field goals at the end of the game that wins it for them. Another low-scoring game because I just think both offenses are struggling a little bit. Dana? Um, You know, I got to pick the Ravens, too. Uh, Daryl Henderson got picked up by the Jags. I don't think he makes an impact on Travis Etienne's fantasy value, but um, you know, the Ravens haven't looked great like they played against the Panthers last week. Um, Lamar hasn't looked like, you know, Lamar the way he's running. And that could be because of this being his contract here. Um, so, but I am going to go with the Ravens on this one. Timmy? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go Ravens here. They just seem like they're so good at winning those ugly, close games. Um, and I don't see that changing this week. Good teams find ways to win, even if it's ugly. Next game is the Chargers and the Cardinals, and this is a crucial, crucial game for both of these teams that you know had high aspirations at the beginning of the season. If they want to have a chance to make the playoffs, it's a must-win game for both these teams. Um, it is in Glendale, Arizona, so uh, Cardinals are hosting. You know, Kyler Murray, I, I legitimately think he is it out this week. It's not just my hope because I'm going against him in the fantasy playoffs. I think the Cardinals are going to bench him um, in favor of Colt McCoy, and because of that, I think the Chargers win this one. Um, and I'm hoping Austin Eckler gets back on track for another team that I have. 
Um, so I'm going to go Chargers. Dana. If Kyler Murray plays, um, which I think opposite of you, I think he will play to kind of get his feet underneath them for the remainder of the season after the bye. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cardinals for this one. Timmy? Yeah, I'm going to go Chargers here. I just think with all the weapons coming back for Justin Herbert, I think the offense is going to be explosive once again. Raiders and Seahawks, kind of the surprise team of the year. There's been many, but uh, in particular the Seahawks. I think most people projected them to be the number one pick next year. Um, six and five, or six and four, excuse me, coming off uh, their bye week. They also were in Munich against Tampa Bay. Um, it's at home against the Raiders. Seattle's a three and a half point favorite, but I, I just I see something in this Raiders team, and I, I think Josh McDaniels is fighting for his job, and. I, I, I think the Raiders actually pull an upset in this one. I think they game on the road. Josh Jacobs, look for him to get 25-plus touches. And Devontae Adams, yet again, 10-plus receptions, another touchdown or two. Um, and I think the Raiders pull an upset. Dana? Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. The uh, Seattle's 3-1 and one at home. Um, it's not as bad as it used to be, you know, with the, the, the 12th man out there. Um, but I, I like that they're, I like the Seattle team this year and them being three and one at home and the Raiders being one and five away. I, I've got to go with the Seahawks. Jimmy. I'm going to go with the Seahawks here, but I do think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think both offenses are going to be able to put up some big numbers. And I think there's going to be some relevant fantasy players on both sides. Yeah. Rams chiefs is the next one. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, this game was probably circled as like a potential Super Bowl matchup. And uh, unfortunately for the Rams, it just not not panned out uh, in Kansas City. Kansas City's a 15 and a half point favorite. I don't know if I've seen, uh, you know, a spread quite that high uh, over the last few weeks. And it's justified because, you know, Matt Stafford's not starting this week. Um, obviously, no Cooper Cup. Their defenses just look uninterested the entire season. I think the Chiefs are winning a halftime so badly that uh, Patrick Mahomes might not even play at all in the fourth quarter. Um, I go Chiefs. Dana? Yeah, because of all the points that you said, I don't know how you could pick the Rams in this one. I got to go Chiefs. And honestly, I like for them to cover the spread as well at 15 and a half. Timmy? Yeah, I agree. Um, and on top of that, I think Matt Stafford is backing concussion protocol again. So if they're rolling out that backup, what's his name, John Wolford? I yeah, don't. Trust he's already rolled out. He's side. already rolled out. Okay. Timmy. Yeah, it's yeah, not... that's good. That's gonna be ugly. John Wolford. It might be Bryce Perkins this week that starts for them. Um, rookie that they drafted, I believe. Um, so, be interested to see what he's able to do against Kansas City on the road at Arrowhead, one of the hardest stadiums to play at in the NFL. So. Um, the next game is the Saints and the 49ers, another one that at the beginning of the year that maybe you had circled as a you know, legitimate, could be an NFC's championship kind of matchup. Um, not thinking it's going to be that way for the Saints this year. 49ers, I legitimately think even though they're 6-4, and four, that they are the best team in the NFC at this point. Uh, I think they're better than the Eagles. I think they're better than uh, the Vikings, who... Timmy's already called fake. I think uh, the Giants are kind of a facade here at seven and three. I really think the 49ers are the most complete team in the league, and I think they're going to be the ones going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm picking them to win this game uh, against the Saints. 
Dana. Yeah, I love the Saints, but I got to pick the 49ers as well. I think that their team just all around, especially getting McCaffrey, just makes a huge difference um, just because Garoppolo can dump it off to McCaffrey. And instead of, you know, maybe it being Elijah Mitchell getting two or three yards, McCaffrey can turn that into 12 or 13 and get you a first down, you know, on second and long. Um, so I got to pick the 49ers here as well. Timmy? Completely agree. I think the 49ers are going to win this game, and I think they're going to start moving forward in the NFC West and with that division. And the Sunday night game, Packers-Eagles, again, another one that when they made the schedule is probably expected to be a really good matchup. Packers are struggling at 4-7. and seven. They're heading on the road to Philadelphia, a hard place to play. The Eagles have looked shaky the last few weeks. It seems like teams have figured out how to play against them. And I honestly think the Packers are going to come away with a win. Their backs are up against the wall. They have to win if they want to make a push here, especially with the Vikings in the division being um, at eight and two at this point. Um, so I'm going the Packers in a shock upset in this one um, as the Eagles almost dropped the game last week to the Colts. And they did drop the game the week before that. Um, Dana, your thoughts. I'm buying the hype. Uh, fly Eagles fly. I think that they, I think that they take this, uh, take this back. I think they bounce back and, you know, the Colts do have a good defense. So, you know, the fact that they only put up 17 obviously isn't great in what you're expecting from the Eagles, but I think that they turn this and they win this game. And Timmy? Yeah, I just can't pick against the Eagles right now, even with their troubles over the past couple of weeks. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, I think it will be a fun game to watch with the connection he's building with Christian Watson. It's a name to look out for in the future. And finally, our Monday night game, not the most exciting Monday night game out there, but Pittsburgh Steelers are on the road in Indianapolis with the Colts. Uh, Saturday's third game as a coach is on prime time. So we'll see how he performs under the spotlight Monday night. Um, <laughs> the over-under in this game is 39. It's going to be a low-scoring game, in my opinion. The Colts defense is pretty solid. And as we've already talked about, Kenny Pickett has had his ups and downs this season as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I actually think the Colts win this game. Uh, I think Matt Ryan and and uh, Jonathan Taylor lead the way. And I'm hoping Michael Pittman uh, gets back on track because I have him in one of my other leagues as well, and I'm starting him this week. Dana? I got to agree with you there. Um, I think Indianapolis wins this game. I'm, with TJ Watt coming back, it'll be fun. Um, you know, and I – being a Browns fan, I, I don't like the Steelers as, as much, but I, I like I like uh, Mike Tomlin a lot, but I, I think Indianapolis wins this one. And Timmy? Yeah, it just seems like the Colts have been playing tougher and with more vigor since Jeff Saturday's been their head coach for the past two games. So I'm going to take the Colts here, but I do think it will be a low-scoring game, like you said, Colin. And that wraps up our preview for uh, this Thanksgiving week. So I uh, want to thank everyone that listened all the way through the end. I know we have several friends that have been reaching out to us and us that they've been listening to the podcast. So we are very thankful for our uh, dedicated handful of listeners at this point. Really, <laughs> uh, Dana and I, you know, wanted to start this just as something fun to do. We love fantasy football. We love talking about it. This has really kept us connected and allowed us to kind of, look over our teams and look over what's going on around the league. And we've really enjoyed having Timmy on the podcast now twice. So very thankful for, for everyone in our league and 
thankful for uh, our lives and our, our fantasy football lives as well because it gives us something to connect with and to keep us in touch. So, final thoughts. Um, you cut out. Sorry. Would you no, motion to me? Final thoughts from you, my friend. Okay. Um, yeah, no, just to piggyback. Yeah. Thank you for everybody that does watch again. This is just really for fun and I love having different guests on. I really enjoy having Timmy on because he's knowledgeable. It's, it's always fun to talk to, you know, people about fantasy. It's, you know, we text each other about it and about different trades and different things, but just to sit down for a few hours every week is, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, so, you know, I'm thankful for you guys, thankful for our league that I still get to play in and thankful for, for family, friends and fantasy football. Timmy, your thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoy being on the podcast with you guys, so I'm thankful for you guys having me on once again. It's great to just uh, shoot the shit about NFC football and pick your brains. Um, Whether whether or not you guys realize it, I'm taking notes on how you guys think with these teams, so I'm going to use it against (laughs) your advantages next year when I come back. So. Yeah, because we're so successful, all three of us this year, right? Hey, hey, Timmy might have convinced I might I might be convinced to keep Ramondre Stevenson after that conversation. I yeah. might have to. Well, uh, appreciate it, guys. Thanks to everyone that listened and until next time. See ya. Happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>